What's going on, soccer fans, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC Podcast, powered by Reboot and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. Also, shout out real quick to them for the awesome scarves that they put out. Um, again, check them out at roughneckscarves.com. My name is John, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host and co-founder of Sacktown FC, Luis. Man, how's everything going? Uh, everything is, is going good. Um, as a soccer fan, I, I think I'm both happy and sad at the moment, especially because of the news that we heard earlier, which you know we'll talk about here shortly. But other than that, I'm super happy because uh, I finally got my Sacktown FC scarf, and Good quality, as uh, Roughneck Scarves always uh, provides to any team or any organization that they do. So shout out to them for, for printing out really amazing scarves. Tonight, you know, we're celebrating episode 50. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, how far we've come. Uh, we started the podcast uh, back in uh, late January. And to think that we're already hitting 50 episodes is, is beyond me. You know, I, I think when we first started... Uh, we had this uh, vision for the podcast to to mainly be like a Sacramento Republic informative podcast where, you know, we, we would go to games, uh, we would interview players, coaches, team staff, and, and you know, be able to, to be that uh, fan outlet for the team. And then, you know, the podcast just grew into not just being that, but also being a podcast that anyone in the soccer community would want to listen to with uh, interviews with just a lot of people from the soccer community too. So really happy to see how far it's, it's come and, you know, how far it'll continue to go. And uh, wanted to, to take this uh, time right now to, to thank everyone who's, you know, helped us get to where we are now. Uh, to you, John, because uh, without you, the podcast wouldn't have like had this amazing growth and, some of the partners that we have too are, are thanks to you as well. Um, and then also thanks to everyone else. I mean, I could, I could be here in the whole show naming everyone else, but you, you all know who you are. And, and really, I really appreciate that because you've made a dream of me having a podcast about Sacramento Republic exceed my expectations, exceed, you know, what, what the podcast uh, initial goal was. And, and that makes me feel uh, really happy and, and really accomplished too. So. Well, other than that, you know, we do have some interesting uh, developments and, and news, as I uh, said earlier, too, from our Republic uh, regarding a delay in participation in the MLS now a year later uh, to 2023 due to the COVID-19 situation that, of course, we've been going through here for, for the last couple of months. Um, also, the stadium construction is going to be beginning this fall, though. So not all is bad. So for everyone who has been asking us uh, when that stadium will be con- or starting to construct, it'll be in the fall of 2020. So l- look forward to that too. And, and to us uh, giving you guys an update, we'll probably be taking pictures from wherever we're allowed to be uh, and, and you're giving you guys that update on, on how it's uh, looking like too. Um, also, we're also going to take a look uh, at the game uh, this Sunday against Reno as well. Uh, that will be broadcasted on ESPN2 at 6 p.m. So uh, after we talk about this announcement in, in detail. So, John, you know, can you give us a little more detail on this announcement that the Republic released earlier? Yeah, so the announcement that came out today essentially stating the team's going to start play with the MLS in 2023. And during this COVID time, we've seen a lot of interesting things as it relates to a club that entered into MLS this year in Nashville. And when you look at that, you kind of started to question whether or not Nashville was the right fit to start this year. Should they have waited a year? Should they come in, you know, next year with Nash or with Austin? Um, And was it a mistake? And I I think this announcement in a way kind of shows that it is right. Because now you're essentially saying, okay, we're going to push everybody back. Nashville's not in the MLS's back tournament. So I think this was MLS's way of saying, okay, let's make sure everybody has their, their ducks in a row to go forward and do so appropriately before uh, they start the league play. And I think this is one of those steps. So um, them not wanting to make that mistake, 
in my opinion, that's why we're starting in 2023. COVID, yes, I, I, I believe that has some in, input, but maybe more towards us in the stadium, which essentially pushed it back. But the one-year adjustment to the club's expansion timeline provides the team with an opportunity to, to address the uh, challenges in the global construction economy and develop new strategies with local leaders. So essentially the club and stadium goals are still going to support Sacramento's workforce as well as the communities during this time. It's just going to be adjusted a little bit. So they want to make sure they're able to do this appropriately and do it right the first time, as opposed to Nashville, who's still fighting to get their stadium even started. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, like I look at it two different ways. One, of course, as the fan, uh, you know, it makes me sad that, you know, we won't see a team and, in 2022, uh, you know, it was going to happen two years before the World Cup. Uh, uh, we were all, you know, we were all pretty stoked to, to see that. Uh, but really, stepping out of the fan zone for, for a little bit here, too, and looking at it from the, from the outside, it makes sense. And then I think it's for the best uh, for everyone, for every party involved in, in the stadium, involved in, in the team joining MLS. I mean, if we look at it from the team perspective, they haven't had that much opportunities, you know, this uh, year really to, to prepare anything. I mean, we hadn't even heard anything about the stadium until now or even like who really was going to be involved in that construction. And I think they're still looking for a local construction partner uh, for certain aspects of the stadium too. So there were things that the team still needed to do. And, and so I think this is really going to help the team be able to focus on those things, especially because, I think that the team hadn't actually had a, a construction partner in that sense, or the local construction partner, because all this just hit us. And I'm sure the team would have already had much more progress on the stadium. But with everything happening, I think it just put off things. The, the team had definitely had other priorities. Uh, there were, I'm sure there was probably some roadblocks as well, too, from a local government as well. But, you know, the stadium, I mean, the, the team was focused on on other things. I mean, the theme was uh, doing things for the community too. You know, we saw the, the meal delivery services that they were providing as well. So there were other things going on. So it makes sense for them. And, and I think it's, it's good because we know that front office wants to make sure that we have a really great stadium and that the experience is great too. So I, I think it's, it's good for them on that perspective. Um, and then also I think looking at it from the health perspective, I mean, COVID-19 is just going to change, like, incredibly. I think how things are, are built and, and maybe what things we start seeing at all these uh, stadiums, too. And, and so I think this helps them figure out, okay, what measures should we put in place for when the stadium opens, too? Because I think we're, we're just going to see a lot of things that we wouldn't normally see at stadiums. Like, I could, you know, right off the top of my head, like, just think of, maybe additional hand sanitizer stations like maybe you have probably like 15 or 20 stations all all throughout uh right you know as uh, before you get to your seat you know and and like the entrance to the sections but more than just that i think they're just gonna have uh more more things that we didn't see before and maybe an additional checkpoint of some sort where like after you go through security check maybe you also go through a health check um, so I think it makes sense for them in that perspective too. And if it means that we're going to have a, a safer, healthier environment for us as fans to go to a stadium, then I think it, it's good. I mean, again, the team's looking out for us and, and for our well-being, and they want to make sure that everyone is, is able to attend, you know, a, a safe environment as well too. So I, I think that that was great too. And so, yeah, I mean, looking forward to, to what happens and, and what, what changes we see now that it'll be a year later. Yeah. It gives them a time. Like you said, it gives them a time to re, re, re look at some of the elements, right. That might be there to make a better or enhance a fan experience, but also be able to find new technologies and craft a bigger vision. If that's what they want to do, they want to build that adjacent um, entertainment district. They want to be an anchor um, for the Sacramento region with the largest urban infill project in the country. 
look, if you're going to do, do it right, you do it right the first time. You don't want to have to look at it and go back and like, oh, I should have done this differently. You want to make sure you have everything organized, everything ready. It's the same thing like when you're doing something with your house, right? A lot of people find ways to, to go around it. And then a couple of months, a couple of years later, like, oh, I should have done it differently or should have done it this way. With, when you're spending this much money to build something like this, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but you don't want to you, you don't want to make the mistake of of coming up short essentially and doing something wrong or doing something that you regret. Don Garber, uh, the commissioner of the MLS, came out today as well with and and stated with the extra year to make up for what has been a challenging 2020. These teams, as we know, uh, will be well positioned for their debuts and for long-term success with MLS. Now, that came from Dom Garber uh, today. So hopefully all of this uh, starts to kind of um, develop and be more uh, more of a, a call for, hey, we're going to do this right. So the other thing that came out today that was extremely interesting was, as Luis had mentioned, the stadium construction. The stadium construction isn't going to start uh, until the fall of this year, 2020. Um, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself, was this a potential reason for the MLS being pushed back a year? I understand it's it, COVID is, has changed and it's turned everything upside down. We're, we're doing virtual learning. We're not doing virtual learning. We're doing virtual learning. You know, the people who do all of the uh, surveys or go out to uh, provide or, or do permit checks, they're not going out into the field as often. So this is an opportunity for, again, as we'd stated a little bit ago, for the, for the Republic to get it right the first time and make sure everything is done. So, um, Luis, can you give us some insight into uh, the rail yards uh, project and what we could look forward to? Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, as we've been saying, it, it'll start in the fall 2020 is when they're going to officially, uh, I guess, when you're going to officially start seeing more uh, movement there going on too um so the, they're they're still working on that too the the city projects that it'll actually have are going to have a direct connection to the rail yard stadium too and those are, are set to you know re- remain on track too so we, we saw other projects as you were mentioning before too like a large shopping center uh hospital i think uh hotels too i think or might be uh wrong on that one too but uh, also, uh, we're supposed to be seeing an apartment complex as well, too. So, you know, all those, you know, are still going to be on track and, and they're still prepared to be launched uh, early next year, which I think is is great that they're going to have all this movement already going on early on because they'll be able to fix any issues with the infrastructure. And essentially, people are going to be able to to see, you know, how it'll be like, you know, get a preview, I guess, of everything except the stadium. And, you know, get get a feel. Maybe, maybe there's a new restaurant you might, like, really like, and it'll be your go-to, too. So I think uh, as fans, you know, it'll give us a, a good sense of how it'll be to go to a game and to maybe go out to eat after a game or go out shopping uh, after before a game. So that, that, that'll be a, an interesting one, too. Uh, we know that the stadium plans have also been filed with the City of Sacramento Building Department. And uh, the review and approval process are actually already underway too. So always good news when you have that because a lot of the times you get setbacks with the city not like or maybe taking a while to review or, you know, they haven't approved it yet. And so there, there's some uh, uh, downtime on that too. And especially during this time when I'm sure that they have a lot of things going on too. So great to, to see that they have that too. Well, you know, now that the timeline has been adjusted to, you know, address all these uh, complexities of constructions uh, related to the pandemic, uh, the rail yard stadium, as you know, we said before, is going to be breaking ground here in a couple of months. And they're going to start implementing a project schedule that should have the stadium ready for a full 2023 season. So meaning that by the time we play our first uh, game in the MLS, it should already be ready, which I think is really great news for us too, because We've seen it with other teams, or I think with a lot of expansion teams, uh, in fact. I mean, we saw it with LAFC. The Bank of California wasn't ready yet, so they had to play a lot of away games before that home game even happened. Uh, We've seen it with Nashville, too, and the issues they were having. And 
they still don't have their stadium. They're, they were set to open their stadium in two years uh, from what I heard last two. So you don't want to be that team that doesn't have their stadium ready yet, that makes fans wait. And so I think it's great that they're learning from uh, other teams and, and, you know, that maybe like rushed planning to, to not have a, a stadium ready uh, by then too. But the, this new construction timeline is also going to be incorporating any, you know, staffing impacts that resulted from the pandemic too. And so it's, it's great to, to see that people would be getting their jobs back uh, despite, you know, all, all that has been going on too, because th- that was a big part of the stadium and of the city approving the stadium is that it would be bringing a lot of jobs to the local communities too. So uh, really great to, to see that still going on. We're also going to be implementing uh, design updates to the venue that are going to be reflecting advanced technology and uh, sustainability also to promote health and celebrate the Sacramento region too. So as I was saying before, they are going to be working on maybe doing new health measures too, which is really great because it might seem like three years from now, like, yeah, things are going to be much different. But I really think that because of this pandemic, it's going to leave a big mark on society too. And things are just going to be much different. Even if we don't have a, another COVID uh, issue in 2023, there's going to be extra measures that are going to be in place to ensure that if something else were to happen, hopefully not, but if something else were to happen, that they already have a plan in place too. So uh, it's, like I said before, it's, it's for the better of us too. And, and so I think it's, it's great that they are doing that. Uh, in addition to that, I mean, of course, the advancement of more technology is is always great. And with uh, having an additional year of uh, us not joining MLS, uh, it gives room to new technology. We never know. Maybe there's a new piece of technology that comes out and comes out 2022, and we could still have it in time for uh, 2023. So it's 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 always great to have, you know, of course, the the latest uh, technology. And also, I mean. They, they want the best again for the Sacramento region. They want something that can reflect the region and, and that we can feel proud of too. So I think this additional time is going to let them really focus on, on those little details that I think us as fans are really going to appreciate in seeing in the stadium too. Like personally, I could think of a little detail that would be amazing to me to see is to maybe uh, them constructing, which I'm sure it'll probably be constructed, but uh, like a trophy room where we can stop by always and see all the trophies that we've won, uh, which of course we would want to see our first uh, USL trophy on the, on display too. Uh, but also maybe details of that first season of that, of those, you know, miracle Abani times of uh, the championship game too, like things like that, that we as fans always want to see in the history books despite the fact that we're going to be an MLS now too, because people remember these things. People, people aren't going to forget about history just because we're joining MLS now too. So hopefully we see that. And, and maybe also like a room where they have uh, older jerseys on display too, that maybe legendary players have worn or uh, top goal scorers and, and all that too. So hopefully they, they do something like that as well. I think it's great because in the fall, we're going to be seeing more movement around the area. And, you know, we're going to see our our 20,000 plus soccer stadium uh, being built too. So really great news on on that side. I think one of the interesting things that came from this, we already know or already had an idea of who the architect was for the downtown uh, rail yards stadium. And that was HNTB. But an, an interesting release in that what we got today um, CA icon or CAA icon and Mortensen uh, had been selected to support the development and construction of the rail yard stadium. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with kind of Mortensen, Mortensen uh, was instrumental in the chase center uh, that the Warriors play in the, the new Raiders uh, facility that is uh, opening up in Las Vegas, as well as Levi and uh, some other places around uh, the United States, like Milwaukee and, and such. But I find that interesting, and I'm wondering if maybe there was this, this hesitation or this time frame pushback because they didn't have somebody who would be there 
uh, to support the development and construction. And they were waiting to, to make sure Mortensen was that group. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, that signing of them coming on as a project manager, uh, as a project manager service, right, for this stadium? I think it's it's great because, you know, they have that experience, Levi Stadium and the new Warriors Stadium too. So I think it was definitely smart on, on their part to, to choose a, a construction partner who has that experience, who has done stadiums in our uh, region too as well too. So I, I don't see anything but, but benefits from doing that too, uh, rather than them maybe going through like another uh, – construction partner that might not really have that much sports experience or maybe they did a they did an arena like 20 years ago like uh, I think it's it's really important that they had a uh, construction partner that had just done a couple of projects and even better you know just they literally just did the warrior stadium too so uh, I, I think it'll it'll be awesome and after seeing all the renderings and whatnot like it just makes me feel more excited you know to to get to see the stadium because of how amazing all those stadiums look like too. Um, I've been to Levi stadium a couple of times too. And I know that it's, it's a really uh, nice looking venue. Yeah. They, they've done some awesome things. I wish they would have done Levi just a little bit differently. So, you know, if I'm sitting up in the nosebleeds, I can't jump on the, uh, on the uh, wheel of an airplane that's flying overhead or the idea that the sun is going to hit you all day, but Hey, that's a, that's a different story. So, with the stadium, we know now that we're going to have some groundbreaking uh, coming up here in the fall of 2020. We are excited for that opportunity to see this uh, develop. We will keep you guys posted as we uh, learn more and, and, and get involved a little bit. But this is an awesome opportunity, and I think we, uh, we all as a, as a community, as part of the organization, I think it's going to be important. So, um, you know, that, again, we aren't going to start – until 2023 in the MLS. We'll have a stadium going in, unlike Nashville. But in the end, I think this is the right um, thing. Luis? Yeah, I, I wanted to add, uh, the, there was one more thing, too, that that the Republic is also planning. Uh, they're actually planning to build a, a stadium preview center, which, you know, this is going to excite all of us uh, fans, but it, it'll be a place for us to to be invited to to see all of the different seating options that are going to be offered at the rail yard stadium. And uh, first priority is actually going to be going to the members who have signed up too. So if you haven't put your deposit yet, highly recommend that, you know, you reach out to the team. Uh, I know last I checked, they were almost like running out. I don't know if like they, they're still taking deposits actually, uh, but you should reach out to your uh, ticket rep if you're a season ticket holder. And uh, if you're not, then, reach out to, to someone there in the front office and and find out more about this because this seems really exciting. And if they're going to give us fans an inside look at how things are going, uh, uh, you know, how the stadium is progressing over time, I think it'll be really amazing too. So really looking forward to, to see where exactly they're actually going to be uh, planning this preview center at, whether it'll actually be there in the grounds, which I think would be kind of cool. Maybe you put it on the outskirts or maybe you put it in that shopping center uh, that will be built uh, early on too. Uh, and, you know, let, let the fans out there too and maybe give a little tour of the outside or even inside, right? Once once you have uh, some infrastructure in place, uh, people will just have to grab their hard hat and, and go check it out too. So I, I hope that we get to see something like that. I mean, I think as... As a fan, if if they do this to all of us who who leave a deposit, I think this would be amazing. I mean, to be able to say years from now or to tell people years from now, like I was there when they were building the stadium and they actually gave me inside access to to see how it was looking like uh, halfway through the stadium. Like, I think that that's pretty cool. I mean, very few people can say that that they've uh, had access to a stadium like months before it's actually completed too. So I think that that would be a interesting thing as well. Um, of course, if you're a deposit holder, uh, if you did your $50 deposit to, to secure a, a seat in the new stadium, then you already have uh, your seat in line to 
visit this uh, preview center and and of course you know also to select seats uh, as is the deposit for for when uh, we join MLS um team also announced that uh, anyone uh, looking to to get one of their luxury suites which uh maybe John and me uh, split the cost of one here in a uh, three years once maybe you have a Sacktown FC podcast uh, suite <laughs> um their appointments uh, for the stadium are going to begin later this fall and then seat selection for everyone else club general and supporter seating is set to start next uh, summer too so should be interesting by then that uh preview center will be ready and you know looking forward to to seeing that and then to maybe visiting that center next summer yeah definitely excited with uh what's developing for us it's exciting that we we've Finally, after countless numbers of tweets and and questions and comments we've had on Facebook and Twitter, we, we can now give an answer, right? It, and it's it uh, feels good. So besides the roller coaster of emotions that we had today with the news of, of us starting later and, and the stadium finally being constructed here in the fall of 2020, uh, in anticipation of that 2023 MLS restart, we have ourselves a dandy of a rivalry match this weekend against Reno 1868 at Papa Murphy's Park, 6 p.m. on ESPN2, Luis. I'm excited. I don't know about you. As Andrew uh, Wheeler had put it the other day, uh, rivalries are the heartbeat of soccer. It's what keeps us going. And so we get not only once, not twice, not three, but we do this four times this year. So I'm excited. Um, what are your thoughts? You couldn't have said it any better. I mean, rivalries are always uh, amazing, and they always have that extra, I think, uh, motivation to teams to win the game because if you win it, you get bragging rights. You can talk all you want until you play against them again. And so uh, I think, you know, we've had interesting games in the past too, and and so – I think it's it's something that all of our team is probably looking forward, and especially being that you know now the season is just condensed to just the group, and we play against them so many times too that I think it's equally as as exciting, you know. And I'm sure the players want to go out there, beat them all four games, and really like showcase you know their talent and and just show that we're better than Reno, and and so. I think it'll be an, an interesting game too. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, like it'll affect Reno, the fact that they didn't actually play a game since March, essentially, since the USL uh, stopped play. So uh, I'm going to be interested in seeing, you know, how that affects them and if the Republic can, can take advantage of that because if all else, you know, we should be able to pull a win out of this game because of that. Just because of that reason, if Reno had already played last week, then maybe I would think differently. But just because of the fact that they've been out of play, that they have not played a friendly game, they have not played against any other squad, like it should be a high probability that the Republic should win. But we'll see what happens in the game, of course, because as we've known from our past two games, uh, anything can happen, and we can't. I guess we can't really say anything about a team until that 90th minute hits. So, I mean, I posted the, posed the question, is this a must-win game? And I think in terms of this early in the year, this is the closest thing you can get to a must-win game. Uh, one of our friends at the club um, from the break, Breakdown uh, show, Connor uh, Sutton, had this to say. He said, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, not a must-win, but it's, it's pretty close. It's pretty close because you, you need some positive momentum. And yes, I agree with that, with that sentiment 100%. They need some positive momentum. You're taking two games that essentially should have been wins. Um, you, you drew with Tulsa that scored in the, in the late minutes of the match. You drew with Tacoma uh, late in the match. You can't give away those balls. You can't, you can't allow that to happen. And, and looking back at the Tulsa game as well, it's kind of the same mistake uh, they made against Tacoma. So there's got to be some cleanup and, and coaches addressing that. Um, but our friends at uh, 538 have the percentage of a win in favor of the Republic at 40% and a draw at 25%. I like those odds. I'll take that uh, 40% chance. 
but they still have uh, Reno with a 53% chance to win the group and an 82% chance to make the playoffs. I'm kind of concerned for this match, and, and the reason is is that attack that they have. Um, October's long gone, but uh, just so for people to refresh it, if for those that are listening, Reno, uh, Luis, can you kind of remind people what happened in October just in case uh, we need a, a, a refreshing um, moment? Yeah, uh, it was it was an interesting uh, game too. I think uh, uh, a, a game that a lot of us, you know, were pretty worried. You know, especially uh, during those first ten minutes, uh, the Republic conceded a goal. Uh, this was again at Chester Manorion. This was at Reno uh, playoffs, and uh, we thought we were down. You know, what one nil? I was like, away. It's it's going to be a, a tough one too, but. You know, we had that indomitable spirit and we ended up scoring three unanswered to secure a place in the next round. It was an amazing comeback. Gonna, I didn't see it actually going that way. I had actually uh, would have probably imagined the 2-1 or maybe a tie and we go to, to extra time, penalty kicks possibly too. Um, but they pulled three goals away and we sent Reno packing early and, and I think it's, it's something that has almost become a tradition in playoffs or in Open Cup or really any <laughs> in any particular situation where you're playing to advance further on in a tournament. And it, it seems like our, our team, you know, knew, you know, we're playing against Reno. We're playing against uh, one of our biggest rivals. Uh, we got to win this game. It's a way. Sure, Reno uh, was up higher in the table, but we got to make sure we give it our all because we want to reach that final, which sadly didn't happen. But, but of course, you know, it's, it's always uh, great to, to beat your rival, especially in a playoff too. So it, it, was, it was a good game. I, I remember that really uh, clearly too. And, and I'm sure all of us uh, Republic fans uh, remember it as probably our favorite game of last season too. At least it was my favorite game because – of the fact that it was against Reno and, and it was a comeback and comeback games, I think are always really great. Yeah, I think so. I think Reno remembers it more than Sacramento because they went in this off season and they picked up uh, two players. They picked up Foster Langsdorf from uh, Timbers two and Cristiano uh, Francois from Ottawa. For those of you guys who aren't familiar with these two players, let me give you a little brief history from last year. Langsdorf uh, with Timbers two had 21 goals. Um, while Francois played as a winger for Ottawa, scored eight goals in his 20-plus appearances. And in his one appearance this year already, um, in the 3-1 win against Tacoma, who we just drew with, uh, he scored a a goal at the end in the 74th minute um, to help secure that 3-1 win against Tacoma uh, for the first game that Reno had played. But Reno has not played since uh, that moment in March, and here we are in July and they're coming into a, to a hot Sacramento uh, climate. I think it's going to be a hundred, maybe 101 on a Sunday. So it's going to be warm. It's going to be toasty and it's just going to come down to who's got more match fitness. You can practice all you want. You can run laps around the field as, as Drew said, but nothing beats match fitness like playing in a match. You have to get those legs under you. The cardio, the pace, the endurance is different in, because you're having to do more, do some things differently, which could, you know, preserve energy. It could give you extra spark. So those are all things we have to look out for. In the training session on Wednesday, coach basically said he wants a 1-0 win. He wants to see the team physical. He wants to see them playing with heart, with desire, uh, with a chip on their shoulder of of sorts to make sure that they come out and they're successful. All-time record against Reno, we're looking at four wins. Five losses and a draw, 14 goals, four, 17 against. It would be really nice for us to get a W on this match. I would love to see 3-0. I know Coach wants 3-1. You probably, Luis, want to see back and forth. Heck, I would be okay with seeing the uh, a rematch of sorts from the Utah-Houston match in week one of the NWSL Challenge Cup where they were just going back and forth scoring goals. So what are your thoughts? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think at this point, uh, ju- just being that it's the first game against Reno and uh, the team has, you know, struggled uh, in keeping a result, 
I would be even happier just with the 1-0 <laughs> victory too and, and seeing that the team was able to to keep the win too. But of course, as a fan, I would want to beat Reno and with as many goals as, as possible to really, you know, show that, you know, we're the better team. But I think it'll be interesting. I mean, like you were saying, uh, it's going to be pretty hot. And uh, at 6 p.m., it's still going to be really toasty. I mean, as so we know, you know, during this time, it sunset doesn't hit until like 8.30, 8.45, possibly too. So they are going to be playing in an intense heat for those uh, full 90 minutes too. And, you know, we'll see how much of that uh, can affect Reno because, again, like we were saying before, this team has been out of play. They have not played a competitive match. And to play in that sort of temperature it could really take a toll on the players like <laughs> i'm sure the players are really going to appreciate that water break and more than ever i think that's when you got to have a water break when when you have a, a climate like that too unlike uh, other spots like premier league actually it might not be completely necessary but i think in a climate like this it, it's definitely going to be good for for both squads but i can see it affecting reno in in that sense too but well, we'll see because this is a team that, as you were saying before with the record, John, uh, they've given us a good fight. And, you know, all these wins have happened in the league during, you know, regular season. And on our side, too, some of our wins here have happened in playoffs. And so it'll be interesting, you know, to see that because we've said it before in the past, the uh, Reno tends to be a good team in the regular season. They tend to have a, a strong squad. But once playoffs hit, that strong squad kind of goes away and they don't know how to uh, get any further in the playoffs. But it'll still be a team, I think, that we need to be uh, really, I think, uh, focused against. As much as, again, they have not played a game and the Republic, I think, contrary to to uh, uh you were saying earlier, John, too, I think the Republic has to win. I think they're forced to win this match because they're going to be playing against the weakest Reno side in this uh, calendar because the next time we play Reno, Reno's going to already have some games already played and they're not going to be the same team. They're going to have that match fitness too and we are not going to see the same Reno. So I think that's really what makes it a must win for the team because you're playing against a team that is not match fit. And if we can't beat a team that is not match fit, that has not played since March, then I'm not sure how the other couple of games against them are going to be. And so I think that's what makes it more critical that they win on Sunday, because if not, I think we're going to, we're going to be battling for that second spot in the group uh, as, as much as it hurts to say that. Yeah. You just never know. Um, it could it could potentially be that if we don't win this match, we're fighting for second against maybe you know Tacoma uh, and or Portland Timbers. We haven't seen them yet, and so it'd be it'd be interesting to to kind of get an idea of what's going on. But uh, for those of you guys who who saw the game, it's important to think about this real fast, and I want to bring it up. We do have a new captain. Uh, Drew Skundrich is the new captain of the club. And in a statement, um, coach said he spoke with Cam about things and thought moving forward, this is what is best for the group. Drew epitomizes everything we believe in as a team, as a club, which is accountability, work rate, heart. And Drew has an abundance of that, and he leads by example. The boys are excited to have him as a leader, and I think I am too. I, I, I can only see this being as a positive you know, you don't usually see a forward as the captain of your club and, and Cam, you know, served in that, in that capacity for, for some time. And we've seen the results. We've seen kind of the play. Drew has a different vantage point. Being in the midfield, he is a hard worker. I, you can't deny that. I think he works extremely hard uh, at his craft to be the best he can. And so going forward, I think this is a great opportunity for the club. I think it's a great opportunity for Drew to show what he's capable of. What are your thoughts? I think it's it's good. If the coach uh, sees in Drew a uh, natural captain, then then I think it, it was a, a great thing to go with. Uh, I, I'd said it before as well, too. Uh, I mean, Cameron, of course, is 
our all-time goal scorer. Like no one can deny all the things he's done. But maybe the coach saw that as a captain, maybe he wasn't as best as others might have been. And then to top it off, I mean, he plays as a forward. Uh, Drew plays as a midfield. And I think when you have a midfielder as a captain, it's probably better because, you know, as, as we all know, midfielders tend to be all across the pitch, you know, back and forth and whatnot. And, and for a captain, you want a captain that can actually communicate anything that's going on at any point too. And being that he's actually playing all across the pitch, then that's something that, you know, midfielder can, can actually do too. Um, I would also add that like when he was playing for Stanford, let's remember he was actually the captain of that team during his junior and senior year as well. And so he does come with some experience in that role. And I'm sure when coach was uh, looking out for a captain, that definitely helped him out. And I'm sure like being that, you know, he was a captain before with that squad, he had some of those characteristics still, you know, and, and I think once a captain, always a captain, you move to another team and you're probably still trying to play that role, even if you might not have it. And I'm sure the coach caught on that. The coach saw that he helped the team. He was really communicative on the pitch, which at the end of the day, you want a player that is really communicating with everyone if they're going to be a captain. It's for the best. And like you were saying, he is a really hard worker and I think he's he's deserved it too. He's been with the team already for a year and and, and I'm sure the other if the other players agree to that, then then it works out great. Um, I did want to point out, though, that I think it's great that the coach uh, still talked to Cameron because we've seen it before. We've seen it with other coaches before, uh, all throughout. Uh, maybe even some Republic coaches in the past as well have probably done this. Um, but some coaches just take away that captain armband from one player to the other and they give zero explanations. They just take it away. And that can cause some friction too, because if the coach doesn't talk to the old captain, then the old captain might just feel like, oh, the coach is trying to put me aside or the coach is trying not to play me anymore and whatnot. And so I think it's, it's really good to see Coach Briggs uh, understanding the players and wanting to make sure that there's no misunderstandings, that everything is transparent and that he really gives his reasoning behind things because I'm pretty sure the players appreciate that and I don't think Cameron is annoyed at all at this decision and I'm sure he's pretty appreciative at the fact that coach Briggs actually you know told him and actually explained to him why he was going to pick uh, Drew instead so it's really great for coach there. Yeah and you know to to cap this and and get ready for Sunday I want to say this this was in an article uh, this is from training. This was in the interview that uh, we had with uh, Andrew uh, Cameron uh, Salerno, the Sacramento Bee, quoted it and uh, made an article out of it. He says, uh, this is coming from Andrew, rivalries are the heartbeat of soccer. They keep things going. They keep things pumping and exciting. The heart rate always rises when you're getting ready to play a rival. So I'm excited for this match. I think it's going to be good. Uh, Sunday at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Make sure you have it. Make sure you're ready to go. And I'm excited. I don't know about you, Luis. I know you said you had things to get done that day, so hopefully you can still tune it on. Um, I will, uh, I don't know, I'll be on pins and needles watching and hoping that they can, uh, they can pull out a W out of this, uh, this match. I'd love to take away all three points and not, not leave any uh, points to give to Reno. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be be tuning in. Uh, I think the only part, like I was telling you off air, that I kind of wish it would have been on ESPN Plus or even a local TV station. And I think being that it's on ESPN2 is good for everyone like nationwide to see the game. But for all of us fans who might not really have cable or might not have that channel included in our cable package, then we kind of have to figure out like, okay, where where can I get that? channel or what, what what can i where can i sign up to get that channel maybe pay for a month of a cable subscription uh somewhere maybe one of those uh online cable subscriptions and 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 get it on there but i think that might be the only uh unfortunate thing that they don't play on like espn2 and espn plus so unfortunate but um either way you know we'll still find a a way to to watch the game and i'm sure everyone will 
be able to to watch it on some sort of cable provider and and I think it it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to to see how this uh, first game of the year against Reno will turn out and uh it's it's also going to happen uh at the same time or not the same time but uh, an hour before the Azul Chivas Cup final is going on too so I'm like uh, I I don't like when uh, my two teams kind of uh have games that are at the same time but I guess fortunately the Republic game starts an hour before so at least I'll be able to have both games you know maybe just during the second half of Republic and whatnot but yeah I just thought that was the only detail I was like oh maybe they should have done the game at four <laughs> but other than that super excited you know to to see them you know I'm really uh, looking forward to this Sunday evening having a great games to watch and hopefully things go well for both yeah, so again, ESPN 2, 6 p.m. for this game's weekend against Reno 1868. And as well, the team, uh, the Republic is going to host a Zoom watch party where you can interact with fans, interact with people who might be in the stadium. And at the same time, if you sign up today, you actually can get a, a swag bag that you can pick up uh, before the match at the team offices located um, in the downtown area. So uh, make sure you, you sign up for that uh, Zoom watch party. I know I was part of it. Luis, you were a part of it this last Monday. Um, and it was great. You, you get some insider information. Kind of was a delay, I believe, um, on some of the match <laughs> and where you were kind of like looking at spatial expressions and you were like, oh, what's happening? And then you saw it and you're like, oh, that's what happened. So uh, join the team on that Zoom watch party. You can check it out, Sac Republic. Uh, their website will have a link for it. So we also want to take the time uh, to say thank you and, and a shout out to our partners, the California Storm, who are now sponsored by Puma. Yes, sponsored by Puma along uh, with one of our other friends at uh, the American River Football Club. They actually just announced today their sponsorship with Puma. So Puma for everybody, right? Look under your seats. You might have a pair of Puma boots. Who knows? You can find the Cal Storm at calstormsoccer.com on Instagram and Twitter at CalStormSoccer, and check them out on Facebook, The California Storm. Some exciting news potentially coming up soon with that, and when we're able to give that out, we will. But uh, check them out. Again, CalStormSoccer.com. This podcast is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out today at Reboot.Soccer, where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and help reboot your community today. Find them at, at YouCanReboot on Twitter and Instagram and online at Reboot.Soccer. We're part of the video game world, everybody. I'm still waiting for a challenge on, uh, <laughs> on PlayStation. You can find me on the PlayStation 4, Sacktown underscore FC. And guess what, Luis? You know it comes out August 20th? Oh, I wonder what, what that is. It's PGA Golf, man. <laughs> PGA Golf twenty or 2K21 will be available. Um, you can pre-order it now. I just pre-ordered mine today. I'm really stoked. You can find uh, Luis on Xbox for FIFA uh, at Sacktown FC. And then when we do get the opportunity to, to play live or play people in the uh, podcasting world or even just a friendly match, we have a Twitch account, Sacktown FC. You can check us out there. Some of our uh, lives might show up there here soon, and we'll uh, we'll use our Twitch account more often rather than just showing you us beating people uh, or people rage quitting. We'll make sure that you can uh, witness it. So again, Twitch Sacktown FC, check it out today. Luis, you have a scarf behind you. You want to tell some people about that? Yeah, it's the amazing uh, Sacktown FC scarf. As we said at the beginning of the show, too. Uh, Roughneck scarves uh, really gave us a really great scarf, really good quality. It's a summer scarf material as well. So if uh, you guys are in TBB, you guys are very well familiar with those scarves. If you're a season ticket holder with the Republic, also really well familiar with those uh, lighter fabric scarves. So uh, definitely recommend you check out our website, sacktownfc.com. Uh, on the homepage, uh, if you scroll just a little bit, you'll find the link uh, to buy a scarf for yourself, for a friend, for your favorite soccer team to have for display. 
wherever <laughs> for whoever you want uh, for all occasions to uh, take it out to games, uh, take a picture with it too, take it out wherever you travel to. It'd be great to see, you know, where where your scarf is uh, taken to. Uh, I know our good friend uh, Jared, uh, also known as Port Power AZ, he said that he he would be uh, taking it out uh, whenever wherever he goes to to places too. I believe he he took it out to get some food the other day when he got it too, just to give it a, a test run and and see how light it was. And he said that you could definitely not feel like like you were actually wearing it too. So always great when you could say that because the other thicker scarves that it could really be <laughs> could really feel really warm and during this hot time probably not recommended that you go out with a really thick scarf uh, unless you're going to a game of course where then it makes sense and it's justifiable uh, because I, i've done that <laughs> uh, so check it out uh, again if you go on on roughneckscarves.com you can actually find it there there's a a tab for uh, podcast scarves and and our scarf is is there as well scarf is 24.95 free shipping it also comes with a really cool uh free scarf hanger which i have it hanging on my wall now with that too so it's a really neat little extra perk that you get with the scarf uh too so please check it out and again if you get it please take pictures and share them with us uh we really like seeing our our scarf in uh different variety of uh, places too. So thank you to everyone who's, who's ordered one. Thank you very much for, for supporting us and, and showing that we actually, uh, you actually hear us and, and we appreciate that. So uh, that's all we have uh, for episode 50. A special thanks to this community of awesome people for taking the time to join us each and every week, regardless of how many podcasts or shows we put out. We always have that loyalty and we're really, uh, we're really excited to do this more often. We started this as a hobby with a goal to give people more coverage of soccer and have found ourselves growing to talk about everything in soccer. And we couldn't have done it without the amazing support from each and every one of you. And to, to that, we say thank you and cheers, everybody. We look forward to uh, more opportunities. We look forward to uh, giving you guys endless opportunities to hear or to be a part of the soccer community here in Sacramento and, and around the country as we start to expand our, our reach as well. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Thank you for supporting us, everyone. And, and thank you for listening uh, as usual too. Uh, and here's to another 50. And to us uh, doing a big celebration once we hit our episode 100 too. So be on the lookout once we get closer to episode 100. Uh, we will be doing a, a bigger celebration with that. And who knows, maybe the 5v5 tournament will happen during episode 100. We'll see. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day or night. Cheers, everybody.